Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Pendarvis Harshaw, the host of KQED's Right Nowish podcast. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now. Ish. Hey, what's up, y'all? What's good? I'm Pendarvis Harshaw. Welcome to Right Now-ish. This week, we're kicking off a four-part series about tattoo artists in the Bay Area, and we're calling it Permanent Behavior, right now-ish. We're going to feature artists, their tales of tattooing, and the culture that comes from the art form. But first, producer Marisol Medina Cadena and I chop it up about our personal connections to the ink. So, we're turning the mics on ourselves, putting each other in the hot seat to get down to the bottom of why we're obsessing over tattoos. Consider this an appetizer for the forthcoming meal. A preview for the upcoming film. A um, precast for the podcast. Yeah. That convo right after this. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Fake tattoos used to be so appealing to me when I was little, and I've seen my daughter gravitate toward them. So body art and something like innate in us that we want to like art adorn ourselves and like decorate our skin. Even drawing on ourselves. Like, did you ever do that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. And I, and I went to a Catholic school for part of my schooling. And, like, we would get in trouble for doing that. Girls were not allowed to, like, really adorn yourselves. Boys either. And it was just like, but it's part of being human. We're here talking about our tattoo series. And all the things that we've learned in making it, talking to four individuals around the Bay Area about their approach to tattooing, tattoo culture, and you got a new tattoo recently, Marisol? Yeah. I was in New York visiting my best friend. We were like in a taxi, stuck in traffic, and someone posted this like quote, and it just like really resonated with me. And I tapped her shoulder and I was like, this is it. This is what I'm getting. 
I went down to LA. I had a friend do it. He's been tattooing for a while. He actually, his father's a tattoo artist, so he learned from his father. So I'm gonna start with a smaller line. Uh, it's kind of easy undoing. Okay. Um, if you want a break, whether that be restroom, water, or you just don't want me to tattoo you for a second, just let me know. Okay. Love good open communication here. I got it in the style of like the Cholo script. It's not, I wouldn't say it's old English. It's more like when you get a low rider and you want to adorn it with script. It's kind of that style. It says in Spanish, like, pinche vida hermosa. And why I got it, because it was like, life is crazy and madness, but it's also very beautiful. Even when life doesn't feel worth it sometimes, like it is. And I wanted that little memento, a, a reminder. I'm thinking about the actualization of something. You know, the ability to bring a thought into reality. And one of the quickest, simplest ways is to write it out. And to write it out on yourself as, and serve as a reminder. I got two tattoos. So uh, that whole writing, yeah, I like to do the notebooks. A lot more notebooks than tattoos. <laughs> well, because you told us that you got your two tattoos when you were quote young dumb and on that hyphy juice and quote so are you going to give us details or is that all you're leaving us with yeah exactly no need to delve any further <laughs> let's just leave it there nah man i i got tattoos when yeah it was a, a just the the most the simplest ones my family you know my mom my sister my aunt tattooed shoulder their names on my shoulder kind of like living angels on my shoulder concept I don't know, I was 17 and I thought poetry was cool. You still think poetry is cool. Right, no, that was, that was old me. <laughs> um, and then the other tattoo I have is a, a walking staff, a walking stick kind of piece that I brought back from Ghana. Hmm. I went to Ghana when I was 17 and that experience, uh, seeing the world beyond America, uh, it was very eye-opening. And so I had this whole idea of talking about ambitions of a tattoo, right? Like I wanted to get that walking staff made out of wood, um, kind of engraved into an oak tree because Oakland, obviously, and the veins of the oak tree was going to come down my arm and kind of create a vein. And out of the tree would be leaves featuring stuff that I've written, you know, like notes. And so this whole idea about like, yeah, I was going to get a tree and a leaf. Nah, man, I stopped. I stopped. I've I lost it. I've since lost the actual staff. I like the idea that you got the staff because you don't physically have it anymore. So it's a way to like memorialize it. The series, the series that we've done, um, Permanent Behavior. We talked to some folks. If I were talking to you for the first time and I was asking you, hey, what did you gain out of this series? What would you tell me? Yeah, I, I would really want people to realize like tattoos are for everybody. It doesn't matter what your body type is, shape, gender, your career choice, how you pay your bills. Like if you want a tattoo, get a tattoo because there's an artist out there who is probably working in your aesthetics or has your same political values or interests. It's about self-expression. It's about 
agency over your body and having autonomy to adorn yourself the way you want to. You mentioned agency, having control over your body. There was an interview that we did with uh, Sophia Bloom, Pio Pope, and she mentioned that. That stood out to you, right? Yeah, that really resonated for me because I feel like as a person in a woman's body, like a lot of times you're socialized to be very protective of your body and not let anybody touch it because like of very real threats of danger and violence. And so when you're allowing someone to tattoo your skin, it's kind of sacred because you're being like, I fully trust you and I consent to you like seeing me like this. And whoever does your tattoo, regardless of what gender, you're consenting to them touching your body. And I just feel like that's a big decision Mm -hmm. and one that like, I don't know if we give ourselves enough credit for. Any advice to folks who are thinking about getting tattoos, but you know, are concerned about how painful it is or how vulnerable you might feel getting a tattoo in a certain place? Yeah, like pain comes with it. That's just kind of something you have to accept. But it's also shading is really where the pain comes from. You're just doing like line work and you're not filling it in with color. Like it's a walk in the park, really. If you get your blood drawn or shots for the flu shot, like you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Because what happens is your skin, your 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 nerves kind of go numb after the first 15 minutes. Oh, God. Oh, so graphic. Once you get that over that 15-minute hump, you're good. You're coasting. You're chilling. I would say take a friend. Take a buddy. Entice them with your company. Food after. They always tell you, artists will tell you this, but like never go to a tattoo appointment drunk or high. Mm -hmm. Also it has to deal with like your your blood. I think you will bleed a lot more Mm -hmm. if you're under the influence. Cause I know in movies you see like a drunken night out on the town and people get tattoos, but like most tattoo artists won't actually tattoo you cause they can tell if you're drunk, they can smell it on your breath. You can ask like the tattoo artists if they're chill, like usually they'll let you pick the music, something to watch on TV. Like if the pain is really concerning, you can be like, hey, can like to distract myself, can I play my own music? Can I watch like a show on my phone? And usually they're down because like they want you to be comfortable. Otherwise their job is that much harder. In the end, Penn, like, what do you hope our listeners gain from this series? I think it's just one exploration into a way of looking at life. Looking at a small group of particular people, particular artists. And it's pretty cool to think about reflecting on the four interviews that we did. And in there, there's something like an ode to culture, just straight, like, this is my people's culture. There's an ode to, like, using... Lineage? Yeah, culture, lineage. And I'm thinking about, like, political activism is in there and then there's also like uh, learning the craft and appreciation and then there's the hustle as well i think maybe it speaks to the bay area and the ideology or the values artists like to think the bay area is about and that it's kind of this haven for like weirdos 
eccentrics and like people thinking outside the box because we're not Hollywood, we're not New York, right? We're like this third space, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I just have this theory like the Bay Area is maybe this place where you can come and be a tattoo artist. You can learn the craft or you can come and get tatted by some of the best artists or you can see some of the best tattoos here because there's not really like a rule book. You know, whereas I feel like in LA, like there is a style and there is a tradition and that's great. In the Bay, it's kind of like people taking tradition, honoring it, but just being like, I'm going to put my own spin on it. For sure. For sure. I had this thesis. I came into this thinking one thing, walked away with another. So I hope people kind of follow me through this journey of learning. Uh, And there's a whole bunch more buried in there. You know, the wisdom about learning from your family members or how to treat clients how to learn anew even after you've already mastered your art. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff buried in this series, so I hope people walk away with some of that. And that's our show. Our preview for our four-part series, Permanent Behavior, right now-ish, dropping this Friday. Tell the homies, tell your mama, Tell your neighbors all about it, and remember that tattoos are for everyone. The first episode features a conversation with Berkeley-based Miguel Bounce Perez talking about how his upbringing with car clubs and cholo lettering seeped into his artwork. After that is a conversation with P.O. Polk, a.k.a. Sophia Bloom, who specializes in hand-poked tats and has a lot to say about the power of worker-owned shops. Then we hear from Sabrina Huck, who's learned henna from her aunties in Pakistan and brings that into her tattoo craft. And last but not least is Mo Better out of Livermore. Given his hyper-realistic style and persistence in excelling in an industry that has been tainted by racism, Mo Better is a legend. We're excited to share these episodes with you, and we hope that you share some of your tattoo stories with us. You can reach me at OGPen on Twitter or Instagram. That's O-G-P-E-N-N. Or if you prefer the Y2K way, send me an email, pharshaw at kqed.org. Let's get to the credits. Fist bumps to the producers of this episode. That's Corey Antonio Rose and Marisol Medina Cadena. Big love to Kiana Moganum and Susie Racho, who edited this episode. One time for our engagement team, Justin Ebrahimi and Ria Girawal and Amara Ibianasi. Gotta shout out our senior producer of podcasts, Kiana Moganum, and appreciation to KQED execs, Jin Shin, David Marcus, and Holly Kernan. I'm Pendarvis Harshaw. Thank you all for listening. Stay groovy, baby. Right now is a KQED production. Funding for Right now comes from Akhenati Foundation, supporting the development of powerful social change movements to eliminate structural racism. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events behind the scenes footage and so much more plus you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon it's in you please be in it visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts 
to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.